0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Views of the Next Podcast and I'm your host Lama. I'd like to thank y'all all for tuning in. We'll have various guests come on this podcast to talk about the ex. We're up to episode 104 and it features So Shameless Podcast co-host, Miss Daja Bell. This has been a long time coming. A lot of you have asked for her to come on the podcast, and I finally got it done. I had to go all the way to New Jersey to do this episode because if not, I don't know if I ever would have got it done. But she sat down with me for about three hours and told her full story about a baby father. This is the story I wanted. This is a story she was like, all right, I hope I won't ever have to tell a story ever again. And she sat down and explained it in full detail from start to finish. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode 104 featuring Miss Dodger Bell. If you are new to this podcast, there's 103 other episodes you could check out. And also rate and subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app and Spotify. Other than that, merch will be available soon. Go to viewsofanx.com to check out the ones I have available. And I will see y'all soon. Thank you. Bye. muted are you ready
1: uh sure my water open i mean i'm as ready as i'm finna be and hopefully (laughs) i'll never have to tell this fucking story again
0: right i think you was number 19 on my list and i'm over 100 episodes in we're supposed to do this a long time ago
1: i know like butter um I I had
0: to come all the way to Jersey. It
1: wasn't far. Ain't that far? It's nah. just rush hour. It is
0: right yeah, yeah, I about to say because I, I was when you texted me that time and I looked at the uh, the uh, the address to get here. Uh huh. It said it said an hour. So I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. And I was in Harlem. Oh. Then yeah. I left where I was at. Came here and um that rush hour was crazy. Just yeah, i sure. on sure. On the highway was crazy. Yeah, because you know so,
1: New York ghetto. Uh, let
0: me get your questionnaire back up. So, all right, we got it. Dodge, Yo. so shameless, Dodge. <laughs> what else you do, teacher? Uh,
1: that's Brooklyn it. Native <laughs> Brooklyn. I don't do nothing, honestly. I've literally just come in places, talk shit, and leave.
0: And people don't like you for it. You know, I entertaining. people don't like themselves. I find you entertaining.
1: I don't even be doing nothing. Like that's the crazy part, right? Uh-huh. Like you would think that I like set out to piss people off Yeah, I just give my thoughts and my opinions as per my life and experiences uh-huh. and it pisses what people they call off. What do they call you? What's that term? What? A pick
0: me? Yes, yes. That's... Why do they do that? I feel like you be saying proper shit. I don't know. As a man.
1: I feel like the
0: women hate it. Yeah. I feel like <laughs>
1: when 20 year old Dodge, 30 year old Dodge are two different people. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like the problem that I have with the internet is there's no filter on age. That's true. So We're all in the same I could place. be saying something that will resonate more with a grown ass woman than it would with one of these little girls. And it'd be a lot of the early 20s like, oh, mm-hmm. you like, I don't understand where this issue comes from, where it's like you can't take care of your family or you can't aspire to family or you can't aspire to love and companionship and that type of like mom, dad, kids in the house. It's like, everything is like so toxic and taboo. And then also having a conversation and being honest with the fact that men are people too, that have thoughts and feelings and emotions also holding the bad ones accountable for their actions, but also uplifting the good ones. And it's like, so many people are like jaded and bitter and heartbroken. It's like, Mm Oh, niggas ain't shit. But I used to be that person because if you go to, oh, it's bad. No, it's bad. Like, there, shout out to therapy because therapy got me through. But it was my uncle. And I had to have like a real conversation with him, like maybe about a year ago. And I was like, you really fucked me up as far as relationships come. And he was like, Well, what did I do? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I remember vividly the day you told me. I'm going to tell you something and I never want you to forget it. I was literally about nine and between the ages of nine and 11.
0: OK, so that's sticking.
1: I was standing on the on Bedford Avenue between Lafayette and Clifton, almost right in front of the corner store that was right there. And my uncle held me and he was like, I'm going to tell you something and I want you to never forget it. And I'm like, well, what is it? And my uncle was like, my he's my hero that's my mm-hmm. superhero like mm-hmm. he's like my uncle daddy like he raised me he said niggas ain't shit ain't worth shit and can't do shit for you wow and that stuck with me forever so i always kind of tiptoed and entered relation like that was just always something like it was like you brainwashed me from young and i had to unlearn that like mm-hmm. yeah there is a lot of niggas that so ain't ain't in
0: situations already with that mindset like, like
1: I'm never going to give 100%. I'm never going to give my all because my uncle told me niggas ain't shit, ain't worth shit, it can't do shit for you. And another thing that he told me was very important was, you know all of my bad traits. If you find a man that has at least two of those bad traits, Mm. run.
0: Give me three of his bad traits. (sighs) (laughs) What type of uncle was this?
1: My uncle, the men in my family, are horrible. Mm. Horrible.
2: Yeah.
1: Like it's bad. Um, But this uncle in particular, he is a womanizer to a degree. Like he always had like an influx of women, never really Mm -hmm. been like fully faithful. Um, He is a type of person that was really smart, really talented, but always found himself in bad situations like mm. will always find himself like trouble would always find him one yeah. way or another um he's volatile he's loud he can get angry sometimes mm. he's very like he's in his 50s still beating people up and i'm like sir why you're old as fuck <laughs> like yeah yo i just had a fight last week yeah bad broke because I, I, I. and i'm like you're old yeah. why are you fighting right right but right. when i was born he was 18 so we kind of like, like he really took me under his wing. Like I was like his first kid, like mm-hmm. that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And there are a plethora, but I would never date any man that even reminded me of my uncle.
2: Wow.
1: Like, period. Like, oh, you were Aries? You from the hood? You loud? You be drinking? You yeah. always telling a story? Nah, I don't want you. Go away. You remind me of somebody. Really? Yeah.
0: Do you have parts of yourself that's, that came from your uncle? Oh,
1: a- yes. All of them. Like, I am, me and my uncle are, like, the same person.
0: Really? Yeah. As a, a woman version of him. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. The way so
1: I was- treated men is very akin to the way that my uncle treated women. Yeah. Um, Very much, like, kind of fly by my seat. I curse a lot. I get that from my uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, I also get, like, my playfulness and, like, my childishness. Mm-hmm. Like, I keep, like... I'm still like rooted in my youth a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, not too much, like yeah. I'm big grown, but <laughs> like, I still like to watch cartoons. I still like to like, you know, I can just sit and chill and watch like Rick and Morty for hours mm-hmm, and hours. Mm-hmm. Like I still, I just recently started playing video games again. Like really? he got me into video games. Yeah, yeah. Um, he bought me my first PlayStation. He yeah. used to like that was back in like the nineties where you would get like the magazines, like the PS yeah. magazine um, and shit. And they have like the, magazine, that's yep, called. Yeah, yeah. they have like all the cheats in it yeah, and yeah. they have like little codes. I remember yeah. he was um in the army. Um, I think at this time he was in Afghanistan and he would literally email me cheats for my grand theft auto. Like, oh, this is how you could get five stars, you know, on the the criminal side or whatever and get away with it. And this is how you get all the money. And this is where you go beat up this bitch. (laughs) And like, this is like, my uncle was like, that was the homie. But growing up, like it was cool, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Like when you think about it in totality, like, yo, you really scarred me. And had me for a long time thinking that men were not people with feelings and emotions and thoughts. And it was very much like, oh, you crying? You a bitch. I don't Mm. want you, bitch. Like, talking, I used to talk to people crazy. Like, compared to how I do now, people don't understand. Like, I have changed. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) I have changed. I am not the same person that I used to be. Do you
0: still get that stigma? Like, people still look at you like the old Dodge?
1: No. People that know me, no. People that don't know me... They are probably still kind of taken aback by my personality, whereas I'm like, I'm gonna say for I'm me, I, now
0: I know you, right? Yeah, I don't know too much of you, but I got to talk to you yeah. and, and stuff like that. When I first met you, it was a little intimidating. I don't know you're, why I'm the you're, sweetest
1: person in the world. But your
0: energy is loud. Mm-hmm. It's like you cream, y'all both That's got like a, that same energy. It's like yeah. mad, like loud, but then y'all soft when you get to you're like, oh, a little soft, all right, yeah. So it's that's, like that's the, thing. It, that's
1: the Brooklyn in us, right? Like you, you, you're raised in this concrete jungle and you're surrounded by wolves all mm-hmm, day. Mm-hmm. Like I used to be, I changed, I started changing in middle school, right? Okay. But I used to be so soft and timid and sweet and affectionate and just here for everybody and mm-hmm. think everybody is the best person in the world and they want the best for me and da, 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 da. And you learn very quickly growing up in nowhere. Brooklyn. Like yeah. like I used to have friends like, yo, stop fucking smiling. I'm like, I can't be happy. Like, no, yeah. because smiling is a sign of weakness and people are going to try you. And then also being a girl that grew up in Brooklyn. At this point now, my uncle, who was like my protector, my savior, my everything, he's now overseas. My other uncle is in and out of jail. Me and him don't really rock with each other like that. So my dad is not in my life the yeah. way that I felt like he should have been. Neither one, my stepfather or my biological father. So and I'm an only child, mm. so I had nobody to protect me. I didn't have older cousins and older brothers and stuff. So mm-hmm. if anything ever popped off, it was me or me and whatever friends I thought I had. Mm-hmm. So you, I, I couldn't be soft because then niggas was gonna fuck with you. Yeah, and yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be that person. Like I don't want to be a doormat.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I started changing in middle school. Um, high school really like solidified my toughness, like.
0: <laughs> We, we have-
1: you got to fight. it's Brooklyn. Yeah, you always got to yeah. fight. Like you gonna, somebody gonna try you. Like yeah. so, like I got jumped my freshman year. I was getting into fights with people freshman year. I also had like a group of friends that were like I don't know how into zodiacs you are, but they were very strong Gemini personalities. Mm-hmm. But we were all still very toxic. Mm-hmm. So like we used to like poke fun at each other. Like mm-hmm. the friendship was very toxic. When you think about it in hindsight, yeah. the things that we said and the things that we did to each other, I had to get hard because if not, I would have been crying every day. I'm a cancer. I'm mad soft, <laughs> but I'm not that soft. Don't play with me. Yeah. So I had to harden up. So mm-hmm. between the ages of like four and then my mom died when I was 15. So I was like really alone. So between about 14, 15 till about 20, those mm-hmm. five years, yeah. I got tough. Like I had Man. to get tough and it was like, it was a hard toughness too. It was like solid as a rock.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. You know, i growing up. I just had to be good at sports. The thugs fuck with you. The gang, everybody, everybody just fuck with you once you're good at sports. And right. I didn't have to go to no gangs. I just knew everybody because I was nice.
1: Yeah, be like that. I went through
0: that, that route. <laughs> so that's. That's, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, man. Like I was a social butterfly. Yeah. I have a very distinctive name, like my my full biological name. Yeah. So like that alone is either one or two things. Like niggas, everybody knows who I am yeah. from that ever a Brooklyn by my name alone because I'm the only me that you're gonna find. Yeah, yeah. Like even if you find somebody yeah, with feeling. the name same with the same spelling, yeah. they don't pronounce it the same. No, we right? both
0: in the same boat. Yeah, you know so other names? everybody know me.
1: <laughs> but then on top of that, like. I've always been cool. Mm -hmm. I've always been the person that everybody was cool with. And I found earlier in life that personality is, is what's going to yep, help yep,
0: you. Yep.
1: Like, you could be as cute as you want to be. You could be as smart as you want to mm-hmm. be. But if people don't fuck with you, yeah. that's going to harm you. And a lot of the situations that I found myself in that could have went bad or went worse, it was because people fucked with me. Mm-hmm. And I had the aura that adults and kids fucked with me. So all my teachers was cool with me and protecting me and my friends was cool I, with me and yeah. protecting me. So I kind of, like, found that little pocket and yeah, I kind of yeah. sat in that. But I'm also... I was a skinny, dark skinned girl from Brooklyn with a lazy eye. That was a lot. <laughs> like you can't just like and 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 having to be able to like really like walk around like. Mm-hmm. And I'm still that bitch. That level of confidence you build that over years, but it starts with we will get to that Fuck with them.
0: Yeah, I want to. I want to get to that, but li- a little later. Okay. Because we're at now. We're here for X. You' about to turn this into a so shameless episode. Look, you
1: know, every time we speak, you know, my life is very interesting, (laughs) and that's another thing that people don't like about me, Chell. A lot of people think that I lie when I speak and I tell stories of my experiences, but y'all don't understand the dynamic in of living in New York. (laughs) Right, you can right. literally have so many different lives yeah. in your one life. These niggas be from little towns, and they don't know you went to elementary school, middle school, high school with the same people. Same like
0: every borough is different. It's like Yo. every a different state. I lived in every borough except for the one we don't count. Uh, what is that? I don't know, I don't
1: know what, what that
0: is. Yeah, we don't count those. I don't know
1: where that is. But everybody
0: is different. Every like person you meet out those boroughs is different. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy how how it goes. Well, you here for X? Oh. You've been one of the fan favorites that people want like, you, Mouse. T- they want to know Tahoe's baby mother situation thing, too. Yeah. But y'all are, like, people that listen to podcasts, they want y'all on to, to talk about your experience.
1: Yeah, because we, well, I don't. You don't talk Mouse, about it at all? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I've never really talked about this man. Like, you might find, like, Little bits and Mm -hmm. pieces, like little nuggets and so shameless during the the span of the time that I've been there only because it directly related to whatever that topic was. But as for a whole like, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. This is what that relationship was. This is how it like I never I never talk about it. I like there are still details about that relationship to this day that my closest friends don't know. Wow. that my family don't know. Yeah. Because it goes back to that me being that person that can sit in that pocket, yeah. right? Yeah. Of everybody like everybody wants to be friends with me. Everybody wants yeah. to protect me like just from I guess what I looked like at the time to my mom passing away early. Mm-hmm to all of the different things and deaths and stuff like that, that I've been through in my life. My friends and family are very super protective over me. And I don't take that um, in jest. So I know what it means to tell the people that love me the most, what happened in a situation, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to my family, especially when it comes to my uncles, niggas that don't got nothing to lose. Like I know how they move in that space. Mm -hmm. I know how my friends move in that space. And the non-toxic part of me is at the end of the day, this is still my daughter's father. Mm-hmm. So even though we're not good right now, cause yeah. we're not good right now. And I don't know if we ever will be good, but once I open that can of worms and tell everybody, everything, he's never going to be good in a space outside of me. He's never going to be able to, let's say mm. by the time park is 10, we get cool and we come to like an agreement or understanding mm. or something like that. And he shows up for a 10th birthday It's never going to be okay with for him if my family and my friends are there. So for that, I held back a lot of the little extra details. But it's nasty work. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: It is what it is.
0: Man. That's tough. I know. So now we got to go. First, we want to name this guy. Right. I give him a fake name. Yep. Because we're going to be saying his name a lot proudly.
1: Talking about his bitch ass. Where
0: was you at at this time when you met him? All right, so we're going to call him Vincent. You got to describe how he looks. We got to know what you went to at is, the time. Uh,
1: see, here's my, here's the thing. All right. You can literally put any nigga I ever fucked with and line them up in a row. They
0: all look different? All look different. I don't have a type. You put five, five to five. Now he's short.
1: He's short. He's one of the short. Him and my fiance now say, are like he, two yeah, I'm of I'm the say, shortest yeah. people <laughs> that I've probably ever like dated. Um. So Vincent is... Brown skin Jamaican. Okay. Right now, he should be a turning 48 or 49 this year. We have a 13-year gap between all us. Right. Um, he had like a a nice little lineup. He had mm-hmm. like little curly hair. Like, so he had like a little, like a, a very classy Odell Beckham. It wasn't like all right, big all right. and yeah, crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it's like short and very, yeah, yeah. like, he's very polished very classy very worldly very luxurious mm-hmm. he is what you would describe as right now would be a high value man cuz okay. that's like okay. the new yes, term yes, right yes. so All if right. you think of a high value man he yeah. falls into that pocket like he's very astute like manicured right. like it. he don't he doesn't wear streetwear like it's yeah. everyday is like uh like Oxford he's a classic a polo. man he's <laughs> a classic. <laughs> like yeah like That's it's song? like polos yeah um button ups and jeans with like a nice little sneaker like he's not wearing like jordans and stuff yeah, like he's yeah. not that he yeah. is literally the opposite of anything okay. that i've ever dated before like he's very mature he's very like he speaks, like, he kind of, like, when he speaks, he kind of reminds me of, like, Kyle Barker from Living Single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah. I'm debonair. I'm Vincent. So Vin- Vincent. So it fits. Like, he's
0: swaggy. It fits. Right. Yeah, like, he's, like, a fit- swag One dude. It fits the age, and it yeah. fits what you just, just described. All right. Yeah. You got Vincent.
1: hmm
0: Now, where was you at this time? How, who was
1: Dodge? Oh, child. Dodge was a mess. Right. Um, When I met him, it was... I wanna say about a month after my twenty-eighth birthday.
2: Okay.
1: Um, it was in the summer, or like around August, maybe early September. Um, I was working part-time at a bar, mm-hmm. but I was also a permanent substitute teacher at a middle school okay. so this was going into my second year of being in education and you was
0: getting your money on the side with yes the right. so
1: when i was working during the school year i would work at the bar one day a week and mm-hmm. it would be every thursday but in the summertime because i wasn't like a full-time teacher at that time yeah. and i didn't have some of that year i didn't work summer school because i was okay. still fairly new so i was working at the bar in the summer and then transition into the new school year, so that's when I met him. Okay,
0: now I gotta um, wait. Let me cut you off. Okay, now is this the dodge before the eye surgery or
1: no? This is yes. This is dodge before eye surgery. All
0: right, got you. Yep. I got questions about that. All
1: yep, right. yeah, this is before eye surgery. Um, like forty pounds smaller, ass still fucking bright, like just like skinny little dark skin. <laughs> you know, I'm behind a bar, like mixing my little drinks, even yeah. doing my thing or whatever. I had. I like to make these little rules for myself and then break them because it's so much fun. Yeah. Obviously, because you know, cancer, little razzle dazzle. Oh my god! One of my rules was I don't date customers at the bar. So, like, if some, like, if I'm at the bar and like somebody's trying to talk to me, kicking, like, I don't date them because you have too much access to where I work because mm, you true. know I'm here. That's like, true, you yeah. know where I'm at. You probably know my schedule. If you are regular, like, I don't date niggas from the bar. Like, that's that true. was always my thing. Um, the day that I met him, it was my first time ever seeing him Mm -hmm. and there was an attraction, but to like his swag, like he's still swaggy. Like he's Mm -hmm. just very like dapper and debonair. He was funny. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we were cracking jokes or whatever. I used to throw an event called Bell's Bar. Gotcha. Um, so basically what Bell's bar was is I am a mixologist mm-hmm. and I like love to like experiment with different drinks, different mm-hmm. um, juices and syrups and liqueurs and liquors and stuff like that. So I had a deal with the owner of the bar that I worked at, which mm-hmm. was called Fusion East out in East New York. Um, and I was just like, listen, can I take a Wednesday or Thursday night, which is a slow night and, exclusively sell my drinks here and like have like a little mix and invite fire. people yeah. and just, and they just order the drinks that I created. So I had like my own drink list. I used to like come out with, um, I had my own Instagram page. I used to come out with like drinks and like put them up on the page and promote it and stuff like that. It was a thing. So it was a vibe. So I had Bell's bar there sellout mm. event. It was madness. It was a fucking zoo. Uh, yeah. Everybody was there. Like, I bet you could think So you of,
0: turned that slow night into a fire night? Yes. Oh, he was happy then. Oh
1: no, oh, he was. was very happy. Like yeah, we, yeah. we, we, did our little money deal or whatever. But anybody that you can think of right now, we had at least 30 mutual friends yeah, yeah, yeah. at Bell's Bar. Yeah, yeah. So we were there. Um, and like a week later is when I met Vincent. Okay, and me and Vincent were talking, and he's like, "Oh, your drinks are really good," and I'm like, "Yeah, well, I just had this event last week. It's called Bell's Bar, blah blah mm-hmm. blah," and he's like, "Oh, word, you know, would be dope if you add weed to your drinks." Now at this time, I'm not That's, at this yeah. point. I'm not a smoker like that, so I'm like. What do you mean weed to my drinks? And he was like, Oh, it's called a tincture, I think. Yeah, yeah, and You yeah. can like liquefy the weed and you put it in a drink and that could open you up to a different market and demographic and da da And I'm like, Whoa, what do you do? Right, right. And he works in marketing and research for major corporate um, companies. At that time, he was working mm-hmm. for a major Fortune 500 company. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I see the marketing in you. Okay. So now we're vibing, just talking about business. And I'm like, Well, listen, this is Bells Bar's Instagram. I'm, I have an event at least once a year. The next event, I want you to pull up. Yeah. Da, 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 da. So it was one of those. Ah, I see. And we exchanged Instagrams. He was there with a friend. He left and that was it.
0: Wow. All right.
1: That's day one.
0: <laughs> so then.
1: So then, like a real nigga, he DMs me.
0: Okay. He checked the page out. All right.
1: He DMs me and he's talking to me. And he's like, oh, I really enjoyed our conversation. Would you like to, you know, go out and grab dinner sometime? Mm -hmm. Now, pause. All right. I, my dating history before then was very much, I felt like I was the alpha in most of my relationships, which I don't like. You
0: you led everything.
1: Led everything. Because you have to understand, I'm in my 20s. -hmm. So I'm dating people my age. And niggas in their 20s, they don't have their shit together. Yeah, no money. Broke no bank account bbq all types <laughs> of ghetto shit you understand yeah. and i've always Sit been a cut above that yeah. because the way that i was raised the way that my mom raised me there were so many things that i was exposed to before it became popular like niggas started going to brunch in their 20s but i've been going to the brunch since i was 10 that's gotcha. true like i remember being in high school everybody's talking about like soho soho atrium atrium and i'm like Atrium, what the fuck is Atrium? And then get off the train by Spring Street. I'm like, this? I've been shopping at this bitch since elementary. Y'all just finding this? Niggas just finding, jeez. Like, everything that I had already done as a kid, people were just finding. So, when it came to dating, a lot of the people that I dated weren't well-versed in, like... arts and food and like they're like oh let's go out on a date you if you're about to take me to a chain restaurant we're not going like there are dive bars there are restaurants there are so many different things they're Mm -hmm. black owned like there's so many different places Mm -hmm. that we can go that is actually more bang for your buck please don't take me to friday i work on fridays (laughs) you feel me like please don't take me to olive garden like yeah yeah, we can go to olive garden every now and then but not as a date like these are the type of men that I was dating because that was just how yeah, that's that, that was I my know. demographic. Yeah, yeah. I had a conversation with my grandmother, maybe a year before I met Vincent, and she was just like, I think that you need to date somebody older. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm gonna find somebody older. Like I'm outside. I'm in my 20s. I'm with 20 year olds. Like what what mm-hmm. does that even mean? What does that look like? So she was just like, I think that you're very mature and you're a lot more mature than the men that you tend to date. So maybe if you date somebody a little bit older, like you'll be kind of better off. Right. Right. So when I accepted that date, it was with my grandmother's words in my mind. Like, you know, I never dated anybody this much older than Mm -hmm. me, like maybe like five years older than Mm -hmm. me or something, but never 13 years. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what this is hitting for. Right. Like it's different. (laughs) It's new. Like it's probably how the girls look at me. Yeah, like you pulled up on me, like, oh, I would like to take you out on a dinner date. And like it was oh, all yeah, yeah. cute. I'm yeah. like, oh. I don't have to plan things. I could just be cute. This is new. Yeah. This is new.
0: Yeah.
1: So guess what happens?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I catch the fucking flu. Literally. And I'm just like, I would love to take you up on this date, but I am dead dog sick. Mm. And when I feel better then we can have a conversation. Yeah.
0: Crazy. That's life. That's, that's that was, if you believe in God or not, God was somebody. Trying to is. Chill. And <laughs> yeah. I was
1: like, Oh no, I'm going to see yeah. what the man is in for. Um, so when I finally got over the flu, I, one of my friends that I was cool with, um, she was invited to a black firefighters dating mixer. So, like single black firefighters in New York City, they all went to this place and this bar Look in the this city,
0: foreshadowing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like when
1: you think about <laughs> yeah. it in retrospect, right? Yeah. It's so funny. So, excuse me, she and I, we go to this event and he hits me up and uh-huh. we're talking. So, instead of me looking at the eligible firefighters around yeah, me, yeah. I'm in my phone talking to this man and he's like, Oh, where are you? Wow. So, I tell him where I am and he's like, Oh, I'm not that far from there can I come see you for a second? I just mm-hmm. don't want to put eyes on you. And I'm like, okay. And he pulls up. Mm-hmm. I leave my friend. Fucked <laughs> up. I go outside and I'm talking to this gentleman and he pulls up in his nice little core. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> chicken head. Right? right. I'm like, Oh, this is cute. He's cute. <laughs> so we start talking and then it starts drizzling. And I'm like, I don't have an umbrella. My hair is gonna get messed up. And he's like, "Well, I have an umbrella. Promise you're gonna give it back." And I'm like, "Okay." Mm -hmm. And it's not like a fucking little rinky dink. It's like a big shit, a big umbrella. Like you can tell, like it costs a couple dollars. And I'm like, "Okay." So I take his umbrella. I go home. He goes about his business. And then a couple days later, we go on our first official date and I give him back his umbrella cuz I'm not an asshole. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now where did he take you?
1: He took me to this super cute little Italian restaurant in Chelsea. Mm. Um I don't remember the name of it, but it was so good. The food was so good. Mm-hmm. The wine was so good. Like he's ordering food. He knows the um receptionist the manager comes by and says hello he orders like a bottle of like a fire red wine and i'm like this is where i've always needed to be (laughs) you know like i can do this like this is the aesthetic that i need that i want that i'm going for Mm -hmm. so we have conversation the conversation was Amazing, and mm-hmm. because he's in his forties at this time, like he's lived so many different lives. So he's telling me like Wait, he used to be. Pause. Go
0: now. When I first dated a, a older woman, mm-hmm. right? She's been married, divorced, mm-hmm. all of that, right? It intimidated me. Now, did you feel intimidated? Hell no. It? Why?
1: Because I'm I was about to be the the hot, fine, young second wife. Okay. shit me
0: for me because that intimidated me because she had been she had kids she already. She was married already. She did all of that stuff, and I'm like, I'm young. I'm like. What can I provide for you? Nothing. I had that in my... Yeah, right? I had that in my mind, but she you was You were
1: like, supposed to be her sugar baby.
0: I ain't look at it like that.
1: See? I'll be I, fucking I, up I, with your ego. I ran
0: away. I so ran away.
1: I leaned right into that shit. Uh-huh. He um, was divorced. All right. He had two children. At that time, his daughter was in the sixth grade. His son was okay. in the seventh grade. Um, Great conversation. He used to live in London. He went to school overseas. He loves to play soccer. He loves to travel. He used to be in the military.
0: It's all good oh, on paper. Like, all right. This is oh, good.
1: where did I find you? Yeah. Like you're fire. So when we're having these conversations and he's just like, you know, you're single, you're young, you don't have any kids. And I was like, OK, so real life question. Are you open to getting remarried and are you open to having more children? That was my deal breaker question. Mm. From jump, because Mm -hmm. now I'm getting to know who you are and understanding the dynamic here. You have older kids. You've already been married. Mm -hmm. What do you see your future like? And he was like, yes, I'm definitely open to getting remarried and I'm definitely open to having more kids. Fine. That's all I needed to know. In my mind, I was going to be the hot, young, sexy new wife And I was just going to come in and I'm going to be cute and maybe stay at home because he was a six-figure nigga. And I'm like, I don't have to do nothing. Like, I just got (laughs) to be cute. Like, yes, housewife me, like, real housewives of fucking East New York. Like, what we doing? (laughs) So here is the, where the issues started early, but I didn't see it, right?
0: Wait, did the date end off good? No, the date
1: ended off perfect. The date was fine. Um... Everything was great. It was a perfect night. Everything. Yeah. Um he technically didn't live in New York, which I liked because I like my space. Mm-hmm. I don't like nobody up in my face on my back 24-7, okay. Okay. 365. Like that's just not me. I like a little bit of mm-hmm. space, especially at that time. I'm still young. I'm still outside. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like that. Yeah. So there were two red flags that I missed. First red flag was he told me from that night that if I was dating anybody else, that I had to cut them off that day. Wow. He said, I'm older. I'm more mature. I'm not with the games. I don't do dating other people that are dating other people. If you're with me, then you're with me. Mm. So you need to let me know if you want to actually see what's happening here, because I'm not going to put up with you dating other people.
2: Wow. All right.
1: Red flag. And my naivety, I saw that as like strength. I saw that as a man that knows what he wants and he's just like, yeah. Yeah, but some
0: guys do that. They're like, okay.
1: That's a manipulation and a red flag because you just got here. Mm. Like, this is just our first date. So that is a sign of you already being controlling because you're already walking into a situation telling me what I need to do and what I don't need to do. And you're not making these same stipulations for yourself. Right. So I didn't say, okay, you too. Or like throw it back at him like that. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, he's older. He's not with the bullshit. Dodge, put your big girl panties on. Stop acting like a little girl. This man said this. Do it. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I kind of would have gave a little bit more pushback on that. Mm-hmm. To be like, that's a conversation that can be had in later dates, but you don't get to tell me from one date what the fuck I can and cannot do. That's
0: after the first date?
1: The first date.
0: Whoa. Right. Yeah. yeah. But
1: I didn't see it like that then. Yeah. Um. Second red flag was the fact that he didn't technically live in New York at that time. So what was happening is, he lived in Dallas, Texas.
0: God damn, alright.
1: He got a job in Jersey. So, and he had family that lived in East New York. Okay. So what he was doing was Monday through Thursday, he would stay at his family's house in East New York, commute to work in Jersey. And then on the weekends, he would fly back to Dallas because his kids are in Dallas. All right. So I literally only saw him Monday through Thursday. Sometimes he stayed in New York on the weekends. Most times he didn't because he would fly back to Dallas. Now in Dallas, his kids were very much into sports. His daughter ran track. His son played soccer. So he would be at track meets and soccer games. Like he was a very um, active active father for his children And missed the divorce. And he's like, I can't live in New York because I have to stay where my kids are. My kids are here. I'm going to always live where my kids are. And his plan was to fully move back to Dallas by the time his son started high school, which at that time wow. would have been a year and a half from when we met. Got you. That was always the plan. So that starts setting the stage for problems. he told you this. Yeah, that starts setting the stage for problems.
0: All right, and you accepted everything.
1: Yeah, I was like,
0: oh all right. God. He was infatuated with him yeah. and- then-
1: I was infatuated with him He was dapper and debonair Like I never touched a car door I have never put on or taken off my coat by myself I have never touched what? a chair Very chivalrous Very much I'm the man This is what I'm supposed to do I'm supposed yeah. to provide I ain't never had to pay for shit I ain't never had to do nothing But just show up and be cute Like mm. okay You got your little rules I, I
0: can follow your little rules yeah, Did you have friends that you told about like I'm dating this older man, or
1: yeah, all my friends knew. All right. Everybody. All my friends knew. All my friends met him. Um, second red flag. No, actually, uh, third, this is the third, third. All right, go ahead. Third red flag. <laughs> he said to me, he grew up. His mom passed when he was young, also. Mm-hmm. So we had that in common. Um, his father remarried. He had a stepmother that he hated. Okay. To this day, he hates okay. her. Um, I was going through something kind of similar, also, with my dad. So we bonded, we trauma bonded on those levels. His fear was introducing another woman to his children too early and it being a problem with his kids, like how it was for him growing Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. At least this is the the way that he told me the story. That's understandable. Right. And I I felt the same way. Um, The manipulative part, again, another red flag that I didn't notice, he was like, listen... I don't want to meet each other's families until we're in a relationship for at least a year because I don't want it to be like a flimsy type of thing. So I'm not going to meet your family. You're not going to meet my family. Mm -hmm. Just leave it like that. Mm -hmm. And then after a year, then we can start integrating families. I thought at the time that was a good idea Mm -hmm. because I'm also a type of person like if you've ever dated me and you met my dad, and when I say met him, I mean, I brought you to his house and said, hi, daddy. This is such and such. I'm dating him. I took you seriously.
0: Wow.
1: If that never happened.
2: Dust. Yeah. 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 Like right.
1: it is what it is. Yeah. I have only introduced my father to three men. And my baby father is not one of them. Mm. Now, he met my dad by mistake. Because he was dropping me off home. And they kind of just kind of crossed paths, but they have never shook hands. They have never had a conversation to this day. Nothing. Gotcha. Right. So that goes to kind of show like where the severity of that relationship was for me at a point too, because I, I, I kind of kept him to myself. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. My friends met him. Um, a lot of my friends met him and that also caused a problem later.
0: Oh, we we we'll probably get there, right? Yeah, come on, we will <laughs> right? get there.
1: I'm telling you, this is a long now, ass story, child. Damn. Yeah.
0: So, first day he already set the rules, set yep. the foundation, <laughs> set the tone. Yeah.
1: Itch, don't play with you. Me.
0: Went, are you still enjoying him? And yes. So he took you on this. is a frequent thing.
1: Oh, day. I loved him. He was the best. Well, we, we, he we took me going. on yeah. so we went on so many dates, so many different new experiences that I didn't even know just like places that I've never been mm-hmm. in the city yet. Cause one I really wasn't old enough to be there. Like mm-hmm. these are like older people, like mostly white people around, yeah. you know, people with a certain amount of money know these places exist. Like I just wasn't, um, abreast of this side of the, mm-hmm. the city yet. I was still, you know, in showcases. Yeah. I'm still outside. I'm in day parties and stuff like <laughs> that. Like we have two different flexes, yeah. you know? Um,
0: and you knew at that age, you couldn't bring them to some of the things you were going to, right?
1: No, I never bought him yeah. anywhere that I went to. Like, and then another, that's another reason why I like the fact that he was in Dallas every weekend mm-hmm. because in the weekends, I could still be outside yeah. with my girls. I'm moving, I'm shaking. I'm not doing nothing right. because I'm respectful, but you know, I'm moving and I'm shaking. I'm moving, and I'm shaking. He's like, again, very chivalrous, very like good morning text every day. We're talking all day, um, talking all day while he's at work, mm-hmm. while I'm at work. Um, we.
0: Where was you staying at this time?
1: I was father, living, right? yeah, I was living in the same house as my dad. Yeah. So very Caribbean shit, you know, when you get to be a certain age, we either move upstairs or downstairs <laughs> type thing. So I my dad has a two-family house. Mm-hmm. So his apartment is a duplex and then on the third floor is a separate apartment and I lived up there and I had two roommates. Okay. okay. So I lived upstairs, but it's still my dad's house. So yeah, I still yeah. have certain respect. Like this is my dad's house. I'm not just going to have niggas in and running yeah, yeah. in and about out of here.
0: So where would y'all go? Like when y'all-
1: Airbnbs, okay. five-star hotels because he was staying with his family. Yeah, I was about to say. So, and we're not meeting family, So we're like, telly's Airbnbs for the weekend or for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. You know, we just have like our little getaways, yeah. our little moments or whatever. And it was- cool like it wasn't it was fine for what it was it was a nice cute little budding relationship my grandmother when i told her about him she was like how do you know he's divorced because you know men lie Mm. so i had to pull his card i'm like my nana said and he was like well i because i am divorced and i am dating i do feel like women feel this way he gives me his phone with the PDF of his divorce papers. Wow! Literally, yeah. So I read because I ain't no fool. <laughs> I read it is about a hundred page document. I read a calm fifty pages, like
0: oh, you knew all the TV.
1: Okay, so who got custody at one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you paying child support? Oh, they live here. Okay, all right. Signed wow. when? Like okay, fine. I believe you.
0: That's a lot. Yeah, like it
1: was like, it, I felt like at that time, any validation that I needed, he was going to give me something to back it up. Like he was very doting. He was very accommodating. Mm. Like I was still working at the bar one night a week. Um, so every Thursday was my night that I was at the bar. He would come towards the end of the night mm-hmm. and like have dinner there, wait for me to get off and then that's drive dope. me home. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's where he met a lot of my friends gotcha. had like a lot of deep conversations with my friends because I'm still working. So I can't really do that's too right. much, yeah, but my yeah. friends would come out like, Oh, Dodge you at the bar. All right. I'm coming after work to get a drink. So it would be, the bar would be full of my friends on these nights. And so that's how he started Got meeting you. them. Gotcha. Um, yeah, what it you, was great. What do you, what do you think
0: attracted him to you the most? At that time.
1: (sighs) Two things. Mm -hmm. I was young. Okay. He likes them young. (laughs) It's not a good (laughs) thing. It's just a fact. He likes them young because I think that, and I feel like this is why I get so triggered by certain conversations that are prevalent now, because this is now five, six years ago, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of conversations are prevalent now when you hear men saying like, oh, date younger women because they're malleable. You can mold them. You can manipulate
0: that's what, them. That's what some of my homegirls are telling me. I'm like, yeah. nah, he'd be too dumb. Yeah. Like it's very <laughs> much like I
1: feel like, and then again, this is also lazy eye dodge. I think that he thought that I had insecurities that I did not have at that time. Oh wow. That's what I truly believe. I believe that he liked me aesthetically for the way that I looked just slim, you know, thick in all the right places. and. I think that he saw me as like a like something to play with. Mm. Like very much like, oh, I can have her wrapped around my finger. Like, sir, there's a lot of gangster in me. Like, I'm toning the gangster down because I'm trying to be respectful of your age and the boundaries that you have said that you're comfortable with and you're not comfortable right, with. Right. Like I chose not to treat you the way that I've treated other people. I chose not to play with you. It's You ain't coming here and force it. I made a conscious decision and had a conscious conversation mm-hmm. with myself. Like, this is a grown ass man. You can't treat him like everybody else where in actuality, I should have treated him like everybody else and worse than because mm. that's what he deserved. But we ain't get to the part where he started fucking up yet.
0: All right. Let's keep going forward. So now he's coming by the bar. Mm-hmm. They got this formula. Yeah. Where he comes around Thursday. You got your weekend. See yourself. Yep. Where, like, so this is, yeah, you you happy in in the beginning stage? Yes. The honeymoon stage. Perfectly fine. Where did it go? Left. Yeah. First moment.
1: I cannot pinpoint the first moment, but I can tell you when I started to realize that he probably wasn't the person that I thought he was. It would be little, he is a master gaslighter. That's what it is. It would be little backhanded comments, little things that he would say, mm. and it would be like, damn, that's kind of mean. But then he'll laugh about it and be like, oh, I'm just playing with you. You're sensitive. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not being sensitive. Like, you just really said some wild shit. Like, you're not a comedian. I'm not with you for your wits, my nigga. You're not funny. <laughs> like, why do you keep trying to make jokes with me? You're not funny. Like, yeah. the things that you're saying are hurtful. Yeah, yeah. And he would very much laugh it off and he would also weaponize my mental health against me whenever I was vocal about something that he did that I didn't like or said something that I wasn't okay with. It'd be like, Oh, you know, you're tweaking, you're bugging out. Have you called your therapist lately? Maybe you need to go have a conversation with her because maybe it's something you need to talk about. I'm like, no, like very much like kind of trying to make me feel like, or invalidate my thoughts and feelings. And it started small yeah. as most of those things. It,
0: did he ever do the the whole, like, he's older, so you ever do, like, the I know more than you type of thing?
1: No, he never did that per se, but he would in tone. Okay. Like, he would never say, like, oh, you're young, you don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, that- but with his tone around certain things like he will say something I'm like mm, I don't really think that that's the way that you should do that I think that it will make more sense to do it like this and like I think I know what I'm talking about
2: yeah
1: very much like that and I'm like alright nigga whatever and then I'd be right and he like alright <laughs> you was right I know I was right I was there when I was right but I'm gonna let you feel like you was right because that gotcha. makes you feel gotcha. good yeah yeah but it started with little things like these little gaslighty things um How and was then you, yeah. He used to make me feel like I was crazy or like my feelings were Mm -hmm. not valid and I would believe him like, yo, am I bugging? Like, I know I called this nigga three times and he didn't answer. Yeah. And then he calls me back the next day, mid afternoon, talking about I was asleep. Bitch, you woke up, though. So when you woke up and saw a missed call, like, why did it take you so long? Like, it's just little things like that. Now, me. I like right now in my relationship, I'm in an open relationship, which Mm -hmm. means that monogamous, like we monogamous to a degree Mm because sometimes pop out. Sometimes he might pop out, but that's fine. We Mm -hmm. come back home.
2: Right. Like We're
1: we're good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't like cheaters, but I like men that are honest. Yeah. So if you're dating other people or you hitting your one twos, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I'm hit my one twos also. So I felt like a lot of his behaviors were not coinciding with this monogamous relationship we're supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. Because granted, yeah, you're in Dallas. Yes, you're with your children, but that's not okay for you not to answer my phone calls for a whole weekend or your phone to go dead for a whole weekend. Like I I in my head, like hindsight is 2020, 20, I feel like like there were some weekends that he used to block me. For the weekend, because the shit will go straight to voicemail all weekend. Yeah. And then Monday morning, oh, hey, sure. babe, what's up? I'm like, well, what the fuck happened to your phone? Like, And yeah. I'm flipping. And it's like, you're you're crazy. You know, you're bugging. Mm. And this is where the friends become a problem. Because the best way I can describe him as is as a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. So when he used to do things mm-hmm. or make me feel a way, and I tried to talk to my friends about it. They're like, Vincent, nah, he didn't do that. Girl, you probably tripping because Vincent, he's, he's so perfect. And he's so great. And, like, and so it was bad. Like I felt like invalidated oh, on oh, all man. sides yeah. because my friends, they're sipping from the Kool-Aid. They think that he's the best thing walking. Mm-hmm. And I'm having these conversations. And then sometimes like he would get really angry. Like yelling, screaming, cursing, hanging up phones. And it's just like, yo, my nigga, calm down. Like, why are you mm. moving like this? Like, I've never disrespected you. I've never hung up on you. I've never done certain things. So, why are you doing that to me? You're like, right, right. why are you being weird to me?
0: Yeah.
1: But when I'm in a relationship or when I've considered myself to be mm. in a relationship, I'm not the type of person to walk away from minor disputes or what I consider minor. So I'm going to talk to you. We're going to work through it and then we're going to move on. But those were some of the signs. So it was the gaslighting. It was the anger. It was very, even today when I tell him that he's like emotionally abusive, he Mm -hmm. will say, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Because you poked at my emotions. Like you poked at my shits like, like you felt like you was like a puppeteer. Mm-hmm. Whereas, no, I wasn't, I wasn't insecure, but I did allow him to play with me a lot more than I ever allowed a nigga to play with me in my life.
0: Wow.
1: Like, because the way, even the way that I talked to people, like I, I didn't even speak to him in the same tone. Mm-hmm. Like it would be very, very much like, nigga, who the fuck are you talking to? I've never spoken to him like that.
0: So how would you what would what would be a I felt and
1: like approach? the at that time I was I also in therapy. Yeah, yeah, me too, right?
2: <laughs>
1: I was also in therapy at that time not for this relationship but for a lot of other things and traumas and stuff in my life. So I was actively working on myself while in this relationship. So I'm using and utilizing the tips and tools from therapy in conflict with him. So Mm -hmm. it's very expressive. Like I, when I'm mad now, I don't curse because I don't want you to harp on the fact that I said, fuck you and miss the message of everything else that I say. Mm -hmm. So I'm very strategic and meticulous. And I speak very slowly, very concise, very precise because I want you to hear all the words that are coming Mm. out of my mouth. So if you're going to be upset or offended, you're going to be upset or offended by the words that I said, not the fact that I cursed you out. So that's my, I don't know. Like that's like my manipulation of an argument, I guess. So I'm very much like what you did was not Okay. That's inappropriate. I don't appreciate. These are the types of conversations we were having when it should have been very much suck my dick. You're crazy. (laughs) Like, why are you talking to me like this? Why are you trying to poke at my self-esteem, which is fine? Mm. Like he will just it will be the smallest Mm -hmm. things. Like, let's say if I had on like a shirt that was like. Like maybe like a little V-neck or whatever, like, oh, your titties are out today. No, they're not. Oh, you got your titties out? Who you got your titties out for? Tata's out. Huh? Nigga, my titties are not out, but I... And then that will become a thing. And it's like, why are you fucking with me? Mm. And then by the time I get mad, now he's laughing. Like, oh, I was just playing with you. You know, that's just a joke. I'm just joking with you. You take everything too seriously. You too sensitive. Like, why are you so That's upset? Maybe yeah. you might be a little bit bipolar. What did your therapist say? Maybe you should go talk to your therapist about this and see what she says. Yeah. And I'm like, what the? All because- how, would,
0: how would y'all get back to like normal and square one after um, something like that?
1: Long conversations that end off in a, an apology from him, like an apology with no change, just words. I'm sorry I made you feel that way. I love you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. It always, there's always an apology and an, I love you. That was always, that's the method. Because even I told you today, I was going back, looking at old text messages, reading old arguments Mm. where I'm literally like expressing my feelings. And he'll say something like, okay, like, okay, what? Okay. You understand. Okay. You don't agree. Like, what does the okay mean? And it would just, it was bad for a time. Um, I don't like people yelling at me. Mm -hmm. That's a trauma point.
0: Does that take you somewhere?
1: Yes. It takes me, it kind of even takes me to like child space, especially if I can't fight. Like if you're going to yell at me and I can't punch you in the face, I am crying. Mm -hmm. Like I am in disarray, distress. Oh my God. Because like I'm unproblematic. Mm. At my base root I'm strictly unproblematic yeah. and what I learned in therapy especially at that time is most of the battles that I had or most of the issues that I mm. had they were never mine I never really had a beef in my life I never really had a problem in my life I had this thing about me I'm the nurturer I'm the mom I'm the protector I protect everybody the same way everybody protects me so most of the problems or issues I've ever had in my life were somebody else's and I'm wow. taking up for them yeah. or I'm doing like so you understand like so If me, in my own essence, I'm the most non-problematic person and you're yelling and screaming at me, I feel some type of way. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning. Well, at that time, I was learning not to use my hands as an expressive form because I used to beat exes up. Like, I was that girl. Like, (laughs) you talk to me crazy, like, I will slap the shit out of you. Like. I have put hands on many a man in my life. So I'm trying not to be that anymore. So I'm in this relationship being gaslit, being like emotionally manipulated. And my knee jerk reaction is to cry in a fight. I don't want to cry because that looks childish to this grown ass man. So I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about optics, right? And I don't want to fight because I don't want to put my hands on him. So what do I do? Like, where do you go from here? And who can I talk to? Right, right. Nobody. What, I was how, isolated. I was yeah. on a little island dealing with my little whatever by myself. Um, so those were the signs that were happening. And then one day. My trauma shows up in so many different ways because I remember things very specifically. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what I was wearing. I can't remember the time of day, but when certain things that happen that really strike me, I can remember exactly where I was standing and what I was doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm at work one day.
0: School or bar? School. All right.
1: And he calls me. And in this school, they had a, a dance room, mirrors okay. all around. hmm And it wasn't dance like every period. So at that period, I was free and the room was free. So I go in the dance room, which was one of my close friends' classrooms at the time. She wasn't in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I take this phone call. And he basically says, we need to talk because I know that I made some promises to you, but I've changed my mind. I had a conversation with my kids and about like my future And I asked them, how would they feel if I remarried? And they said that they would be fine with it. And I asked them, how would they feel if I had another child? And they said that they don't want that. They don't want another brother or sister. So kids are officially off the table. And I said, huh? Wow. I said, are you, are you telling me this? Like, Is this a conversation or is this a declaration? Because now I feel like you just came to me and just told me some shit that was, Part of the whole reason why we're here right now. Right, that right. conversation is the grassroots, the cornerstone of this relationship. So what are you saying? I'm saying like we could stay in this relationship, but. I'm not having any more kids. And if we have any more kids or if you still want to have kids, then we might as well just end this relationship right now. And I was like, I'm trying to understand how I'm in a relationship with somebody allegedly. And you are not open to a conversation. I work with kids that are the age of your kids. No, there are several kids that don't want other siblings. Kids are not allowed to make decisions for themselves for a reason. So you're going to take this random ass conversation that you have with your children and completely throw a monkey wrench in our whole relationship and not even be up for discussion. You're just telling me this. How many ways you have me fucked up, sir? Hmm. I don't know what's happening, but I said what I said. You feel how you feel. We can dead this shit right now because this is the stupidest thing that I've ever heard. Hmm. And we got into like a little back and forth, but that was the end of the relationship. I blocked him. I blocked him. What? And... Now I'm back to the streets. I'm outside. Right, right. <laughs> like, I'm outside now. Like, all right, what <laughs> He
0: never tried to I'm contact me in no way. I'm
1: 28. I'm chilling. I'm doing my thing. I'm outside. So I meet a guy. All right. And I start dating this new guy. Um, he had, he was a DJ. That was like one of his old side hustles or whatever. And he had a DJ event or something like that in Miami. And I remember flying out to Miami to go see him. Mind you, he's from New York. Right. Just like, I like you. You like me. We vibing, whatever, whatever. So me and this guy, we're vibing. Like we're doing the thing. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. It's my new nigga. i Like <laughs> boy boss. <bye. laughs> I, around the time that me and this new dude, we really start getting close. Like maybe like a month in. I started getting phone calls from an unknown number, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Who the fuck is calling me from an unknown number? Like, who is this?" And then I, one day, I'm like, "I wonder if this is Vincent. Is This nigga calling me blocked. What the fuck is going on?"
0: This <laughs> at the time when that was like new, kind of right? Yes, unknown, this other yeah.
1: relationship is new.
0: No, I'm talking about the phone call being unknown and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I'm just like, "Um, what's happening here? Yeah. Block call, whatever." So I write him on WhatsApp. And I'm like, have you been trying to call me? And he's like, no. And I'm like, oh, okay. I keep getting a call from a black number, so whatever. And he was like, no, I haven't been trying to call you, but like, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. How are you? Mm-hmm. So then now we fucking get okay. back into this talking thing. Prior to this breakup, um, my 29th birthday was coming up mm-hmm. at this time because now this is like February, March-ish of 2018. Okay. So my birthday is in July and previous to this breakup, he was supposed to pay for my birthday dress and my birthday festivities. That was the conversation. Mm. And we were, now that we're back into this, like we're kind of texting a little bit. He was like, I didn't forget about your birthday though. I know I said that I would get you your birthday dress, what do you want to do for your birthday? Where mm-hmm. do you want to go? You know, my I used to, this is pre-having a kid and being a mother, I used to get a custom-made dress every year for my birthday. Okay. So this dress was like $350. And I'm like, oh, here's the dress. Isn't it? So now I'm just like, all right, I got both my niggas. Like, I got my money nigga and I got my <laughs> other nigga. And we here. So at this point, me and Vincent, we hadn't seen each other. Okay. We were just talking, mm. kind of like texting. So me and my New York nigga, I, I'm realizing that Vincent is like, let's see what's going on. I want to see you. I want to take you out. Let's see, you know, if we can get this relationship back on track. Let's see what we can do here. Mm-hmm. But I have somebody else now. So I go to this one and I'm like, listen, you know, I just broke up with somebody recently before me and you got together. I want to be in a relationship I have no desire Mm -hmm. of being single especially this summer I don't want to be single for the summer I want to be with my man I want to be outside I want to be traveling like I want my relationship I want a relationship this summer where are you he's like I feel you Mm -hmm. I want to be in a relationship too but I want to have a single summer so Mm -hmm. maybe after the summer and I'm like That doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for me. Like, I'm... No, I want a boyfriend today. Like, so the way that I moved in relationships or the way that I moved in the past, I would be in a relationship and if and when me and that person broke up, I would give myself an amount of time to heal from said relationship and just give myself space and time. And I never used to start a relationship in the midst of my time gap. Right. So let's say I'm with somebody. I I was engaged when I was 20. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Me and my ex fiance, we broke up. I said, I'm single for three years. That's it. Fuck this. I'm not doing no relationships. I don't want to go through all of this shit again. Three years. I met a lot of good niggas in them three years, but I'm just like, eh, you met me in the wrong time. Like right, 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 this right. is not relationship time. In three years, I'm ready for a new relationship, but I'm not going to just jump into yeah. a relationship after. I don't, I, that's not my norm. I give myself time. I always do. So that's why I haven't had that many serious relationships because of those breaks. Now I've had plenty of niggas that I dated and was hanging out with, chilling with whatever, but those were not my boyfriends. Right. 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 So, around the time that I met Vincent was around the time that I'm like, I want to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And this other nigga, he's like, I'm not ready. I respect you and where you are, but I am. So I'm gonna go back to my ex. So I went back to Vincent. Mm -hmm. Then I get my eye surgery. Um, Vincent is the one that told me about it. Okay. Because my whole life, I did not know that my lazy eye could be corrected. Like, this mm-hmm. is just something that I was like, this is me. I got to live with it. I Fuck think me. I learned that
0: from you. I was yeah. like,
1: I didn't know this going to happen. I yeah. didn't know either. I learned that <laughs> from Vincent. Yeah. How? Because Vincent's wife had a lazy eye and she got hers fixed. Oh, you think you have a thing for that? I, I don't know what he got. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But she got hers fixed and he told me about it. So I went to the air and eye infirmary in the city mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I have strabismus. What can we do? They're like, all right, we can give you a little surgery. Da-da-da-da. They did it. It was like a little, they put me to sleep. I woke up an hour later. Boom. That's it. Maybe an hour what? or two later and it was.
0: I want to know what you still did. You were freaking out? You was like. I could, <laughs> I
1: no, because I still can't see. Like my lazy eye is different. I don't know if everybody's is like mine, but I am legally blind in this eye. So if I lose this eye, it's wraps like <laughs> Stevie Wonder. Really? Like, it's not black. Like, I can see shapes. I can see colors. I can see everything that's around me, but yeah, I yeah. can't see anything up close. Like, I can't read anything. I couldn't read a sign. I couldn't read what? anything. Like, I can't yeah. even see the word Shake Shack on this bag. Like, I know it says Shake Shack. Like, yeah. it's just black and brown. That's all I see. So right. my whole life I've been wearing glasses because this eye is 2020. Yeah. So I've been wearing glasses, not because I need them to see per se, but because I need them to protect my one good eye. Yeah, yeah, cause yeah. if I lose this, a bitch is done. <laughs> so they basically, um, hit some nerves yeah. in it and just like corrected. It. It's still not 100% straight yeah. um, to the naked eye. Y'all can't tell, but I can. Yeah. Um, cause I just know what it looks like and what to look for. So got my eye fixed in May 2018, mm-hmm. like April, May 2018. Did you throw a party? No. <laughs> you wasn't happy I was mad it? regular. First oh of all, I- Oh my God,
0: I would have been I, amazed.
1: I, I'm like, so many <sighs> of my exes were mad at- me. There were so many people mad at me for getting the surgery. Why? Because that was- to was them, it, that it was a signature? staple. Yeah. That was me. Like <laughs> that was Dodge. Like that's just what Dodge that's did. That's funny. how Dodge moved or whatever. Like I never had a problem with anybody about it. Mm-hmm. Right. The only time I've ever had issues about my eyes, it came from bitches that was hating because that would be the we was dating soul. the same yeah, nigga. Yeah. Like when oh, I see you the little comments leave me about you, bitch. I think that's yuck. the first
0: time I found out about it because the. Uh what's the place where uh, uh, you signed and you used to argue with these people?
1: Um, oh, Lipstick. And yes, yes. Said, them
0: and they used to say, I'm like, huh? What? Like, wow. You
1: fucking black, skinny, cock bitch. How fucking dare you? And I'm just like, I'm like but we still I'm fucking I'm like, Tahoe, get her off of this thing. Why are you here? I'm off. Right. I, ain't been, I ain't been here in mad long. I'm done. Was, I'm done with the people.
0: That used to be entertaining.
1: Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I'm always with the shits. Man. No. So, I um. He and I, we had a conversation and I want to say about June, Mm. about our relationship. No, I'm lying. It was before June, about our relationship and where it was going, because that in September, his son was starting high school. Oh, wow. And remember, the plan was always to move back to Dallas. Yeah. So he's like, are we going to do a long distance relationship or are you going to move to Dallas? And I said... I don't feel secure enough in this relationship yet to move to Dallas. Mm. I will entertain it and see. I literally was like looking up schools to teach at in Dallas. Like they were hitting me back and it's like Mm. a whole thing. Um, I was also looking to move out of my dad's apartment at the time and get my own space so yeah. that we can like kind of just like I'm doing things thinking about the longevity of this relationship all right like even if I don't move to Dallas I can get my own crib mm-hmm. and I get my own crib and then you could be back and forth like between the two places and it's perfectly fine right um so that was like interesting but September was always the time he was going to leave that was never changing gotcha. like he's leaving in September so what are we going to do with this relationship moving forward Around June, we had a conversation. I'm just like, listen, you're 42 at the time, I believe. You say you don't want any more kids. You might need to get a vasectomy, bro. (laughs) You don't want no more kids. Nip, slip, and we good. Like, we're perfectly fine here. But we're in this relationship. We're fucking. We're not using condoms I'm not on birth control at this time. I'm popping Plan Bs like they're fucking M and Ms. I'm like, yo, like something got to change. Like you can't say that this is not what you're, what you don't want, and yeah. you're not being proactive perform, about yeah, it, yeah, you, right? Yeah. Like I can't do anything. I'm in my 20s. I've never had kids. Ain't nobody gonna do nothing over here. I just had, I had an IUD in for about seven years, and I started to feel like a way like it's hard for me to describe but I felt my body was doing weird things Mm -hmm. so I took it out and we had this conversation I'm like yo look I'm taking my birth control out it's fucking with my body I can't explain it to you but I understand like something just doesn't feel right when I get my period sometimes I'm getting like cramping and stuff like I'm gonna get rid of it it's time anyway it's over in seven years um to go backwards before we go forward When I was 19, I had an abortion. I think Mm. I was 19. And for me, it was the best thing I could have done because Mm. of my situation. I'm fresh in college. I don't have no money. He don't have no money. He's like my college, my high school sweetheart. He was a little bit off the rails mentally. And that was problematic. Um, I was being evicted from my home in Mm -hmm. Bed-Stuy. So I had an aunt, she owned like three brownstones in Mm Bed-Stuy. When she died, her will miraculously went missing. All of her funds and um, properties went to her next of kin, who was her daughter, who was an ex-heroin addict. So they literally gave three brownstones to a crackhead. So she started doing crackhead things. She starts selling, selling brownstones yeah. like they're fucking Girl Scout cookies, like million dollar homes for like eight hundred thousand dollars, like just fast, like selling them. And she literally sold my family home while me and my grandmother still lived in it. Like niggas got a knock on the door one day was like, y'all got to go because the new buyer of this house wants to do construction and start fixing his house. And we're like, huh? When did the house get sold? And literally it was a situation that she, they started kicking people out of the house and they started doing construction on the ground floor. And it'll be drilling all day and all night to the point that I will wake up and it'll be like soot all over my TV, mm. all over my dresser. Cause you know that shit travels yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm pregnant. I'm sleeping and waking up in toxic fumes. Wait, wait, I don't get know. to that
0: part. When did you get pregnant?
1: Um, I was in college. Oh, this is a 20 yeah, year- old yeah this this a 20 year- old me. Right. Yeah No no, this is 20 year- old me. That's I'm like, I am about to get evicted, I am a junior in college, I have no money, mm-hmm. and I am living, breathing and waking up every day in chemicals. Yeah. No. yeah. Yeah, nah. We're not doing this. www.plannedparenthood.com. Let's figure it out. I got to get my life together. This is O.D. Like I felt like at that time I had more than enough reasons to not have a kid at that time. Mm-hmm. So let's put a pin in that. Um, also, it was very emotional for me to have an abortion. I'm an empath. Yeah. Sensitive and shit like that shit fucked with me for years. Like I just got rid of a baby. Right. I used to dream about this baby. I'm hundred percent sure it was a boy. So I used to dream of my son and what he looked like. And every Mother's Day, on top of being sad because my mother died, I'm also sad because I felt like, you know, I missed the opportunity to be a mom myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, it was so many emotions. Um, It was so many emotions. It was bad. And it's something that I knew I was not emotionally stable enough to ever do again. Gotcha. I'm like, I don't even really believe in more than one. I feel like everybody, like in life, you don't get a get out of jail free card. Mm -hmm. You have to deal with the consequences of your actions. Mm -hmm. This is the only one that you get. You don't get to pull that trigger over and over again. Like this is not an Xbox. You don't just keep restart, restart, refresh. Oh, I fucked up. Refresh, refresh. I don't have, and this is not to bash anybody that has, but for me, it didn't work for me. So to go back to this relationship I'm just like babe You need to get a vasectomy You don't want no more kids so make sure You don't have no slip ups because In the event that I get Pregnant I'm not getting Another abortion bro we are At odds here you're like I don't want any more kids I don't want kids either but if You fuck this up yeah we're Fucked period A month later I was pregnant
0: I know the episode was getting good, and I'm sorry I had to stop it here. But the next part of this episode will be out shortly, so be on the lookout for that. Thank y'all.
2: Bye.